Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei Avashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. Okay, so the, the Mishnah is the companion Mishnah to Mishnah Vav. Mishnah Vav was um, the next group of sages, and that was Yoshua ben Prachya and Nitai Ha'arbeli. They kiblu mehem. So we said they received from them, from the rabbis, the pair before them. And Yeshua ben Prachi said, rav, make for yourself a rabbi, acquire for yourself a teacher. The way to keep your friends and keep your rabbis is by giving them the benefit of the doubt. They are human beings. They, um, and we spoke much on Thursday about the concept of um, you have to look at the whole person in order to be able to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, in this week's Mishnah, in, in, the, in this morning's Mishnah, Nitair Bailey Omer, he's the pair of um, Yoshua ben Prachya, and he says that you should separate yourself from a bad shachin, from a bad neighbor, and don't attach yourself to a wicked person, and don't give up hope from Puranius, from punishments, from retribution. Now, very, very sounds like a great Mishnah, right? You stay away from bad neighbors, stay away from bad people, and don't give up hope from Puranius. The only problem with it is, what does it all have to do with each other? What's the, what's the unifying thread between these three statements in the Mishnah? And what's the unifying thread between this Mishnah and the last, and the last Mishnah? The, we have mentioned that the two rabbis um, were pairs. One of them was the Av Beisdim, one of them was the head of the Beisdim, one of them was the, um, was the Nasi. We said one of them spoke out of Ava, out of love, one of them spoke out of Yira, out of fear, out of awe. And the question is how these two Mishnayas complement each other. The previous Mishnah, make yourself a rabbi, make yourself a friend, Give everybody benefit of doubts, love, and peace. It sounds so beautiful. And this Mishnah says, stay away from them bad people. Stay away from them from the wicked people. And the only way to decide a person is wicked is by judging them and deciding that they're wicked, which is not giving them the benefit of the doubt. It sounds like it is mamish, the exact polar opposite of the previous Mishnah. Okay, that's problem number one. Problem number two. Once you tell me, harchik mishachin ro, that I have to separate myself from a bad neighbor. So then, of course, I have to separate myself from Al-Tishab uh, I have to separate myself from a wicked person. If the purpose is to stay away from bad people, that's why I have to stay away from a bad neighbor. Then if a bad neighbor, which presumably I have a lesser relationship with my neighbors, I recently met all my neighbors, not really. I mean, I, I gave them all Shalachmanas. That was as close as I got to meeting my neighbors. I, I um, oh, and, and a few of them yelled at me about a, a few little things in the building. 
so I met a few more that way. But I haven't met my neighbors. So if I have to separate myself from bad neighbors, then for Shtetzach, I have to, it's, a, it's an understood, a given, that I have to separate myself from, from bad people. So then why in the world am I, why, why does the mission have to say both? Just say, and we understand from what's called a kal vachomer, we understand that, of course, I have to separate myself from, from bad friends. If I have to separate myself from bad neighbors, of course, I'm bad friends. That's my second part. My third problem is that, what's the message in this Mishnah? So the message in this Mishnah is, Oi l'rasha, oi l'shechena. Woe is to the wicked person, woe is to his neighbors. That when things go bad, they have a wide, they cast a wide net. And many people could be harmed by the evil that comes to a rasha, by the, by the bad tidings that come to a wicked person. And altisyash mina paramias, like don't don't take that lightly. Don't ignore the fact that God is going to send retribution to them. Now, I only have a small problem with that. What's the reason you shouldn't attach yourself to a bad person? Because they're bad. Not because you're worried that they're going to get smashed and then you're going to get smashed also. Because they're going to get something, something happened to them and you don't want to, you want to protect yourself. So therefore, you stay away from a bad neighbor. You stay away from a bad neighbor because it's morally, they're morally corrupt. You don't want to be around them. You don't want to learn from them. You don't want them to influence you. You don't want them to influence your children. That's why you stay away from bad people. It's not because you're worried that the boot's going to drop and that they're going to get smashed. And you know, if you're standing too close, you're going to get hurt also. So what's that message of Eilu Rasha Eilu Shechena? What is it? That's what the mission is teaching me. The mission is teaching me that to stay away from them only because something bad might happen to them. No. Yeah. So, um, so what exactly? What exactly does that mean? Why are we giving this message in the Mishnah? of Eilu Rasha Eilu Shechena, woe was to the, to the wicked person, woe was to his neighbor, when that's not really the reason why we stay away. doesn't make sense. Okay, and then my final problem is this. What does Al-Kis Yoyish mean? Don't, don't, give up, don't give up hope that God is going to, going to smash the wicked, so what we should hope for God to smash the wicked? Don't give up hope that there's a thing called problem. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Just, just what's the, what, what is the, what is Nitai or Bailey asking me? What is he demanding of me? What is he expecting of me? By the way, sir, sir citizen, okay, what does that mean? Practically, what does that mean? How do you expect me to live with that? Don't give up hope from retribution. I, but we don't, we spoke about it three Mishnahis ago. We don't do things because we're worried that the boot's going to drop. We don't do things because we're worried we're going to get punished. So what does that mean? What's being demanded of me when we're being asked? Okay. So let's talk like this. How do we know that we're supposed to stay away from a bad neighbor? So I'll tell you an amazing thing. When we walked in the desert, we walked, we camped in the desert with the Mishkan, the tabernacle, in the center of the Jewish people. Around the tabernacle were the Levitical families, Moshe and Aaron. If you take the tabernacle like this, 
and this is north, this is south, this is east, this is west, this is, this is west, this is east. So then on this side was Moshe, Aaron, their family was here to the, to the east of the Mishkan. To the south of the Mishkan was Kehas, the family of Kehas, Korach, the family of Korach was part of that family. And then you had the other Levitical families on the west and on the north. Then the next tier were the Jewish people. There were three tribes on the north, three tribes on the east, three tribes on the south, three tribes on the west. The three tribes on the east were Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zvulun. And they were blessed to be right next to Moshe and Aaron and their family. On the south was Ruvain, Shimon, and Gad. Rashi points out that the tribes on the east, Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zevulun, and on the south was Shimon, and that Shimon initiated the problem with the Moabite women when Bilam came up with his plan how to destroy the Jews and that he started with the prostitution and to get the Jewish people involved in idolatry. And there was the prince of the tribe of Shimon that went and had relations with a Moabite princess. And that was from the tribe of Shimon. How did they get, how did they get to this? Because they were near Korach because they were near the wicked person Korach, and therefore they ended up getting involved in this prostitution. That's what Rashi tells us. But the only problem with that is, is that, and I wish I could draw this and show this to you, but granted, Shimon was right next to Kahat, which was right under the Mishkan, but they were also in the neighborhood of Moshe and Aaron. It wasn't like they were miles apart. They were a couple thousand feet away. So if that's the case, then what's the problem? They granted, they were neighbors, next door neighbors to, to Shimon, but they were also neighbors to Moshe and Aaron, to, 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 to Korach, excuse me, but they were also neighbors to Moshe and Aaron. Why was it more dangerous to be a neighbor to Korach than a good neighbor to Moshe and Aaron, and they could have actually learned good stuff from Moshe and Aaron. So I think that the way we have to explain it is, is that a neighbor isn't just a person that's next door, but a neighbor is a person that I choose to live next to. Meaning that the fact that my neighbors, the people that live in close proximity to me, might be wicked people, does not make them my neighbors. The fact that I associate with them and I interact with them and choose them to be my neighbors, that makes them my neighbor. You know, very often we'll say, oh, that person's my neighbor. But they're not really, they're two buildings down. But because you've chosen to interact with that person, so then you see that person as a neighbor, your next door neighbor on the same floor, the person who has the apartment right next to yours, who you might not even ever have met, 
you, the prison is a neighbor in the sense of neighborhoods, in the same sense of neighborhood planning, but he's not really a shachim. When the Mishnah uses the word shachim, the Mishnah is using a word of a person that you've chosen to be a shachim. You've chosen to be your neighbor. When we were set up in the desert, so then God set us up in, play, in a place where we needed to be. He put these tribes in the direction they needed to be in. Every tribe was in a compass direction. Those that were on the north needed to be on the north because they represented the kochos of the north. The ones that were on the east represented the kochos, the powers, the energies of the east. The ones on the south represented the energies of the south. And the ones on the east represented the energies of the east. All of them were focused on one energy, which was the energy of the Mishkan, which was ministered by the Levim, the Levites, the Levitical families, which were right around it. We were placed in the place. The middle tribe was placed in the side, the place he needed to be, because he was the influence of the other two tribes. And this is the way we camped in the desert. Everything was very specific. But that didn't make Korach the neighbor of Shimon. What made Korach the neighbor of Shimon? Because Moshe was as close a neighbor in proximity. Moshe was also a neighbor of Shimon. But that Shimon decided, the leader of Shimon decided that he was going to associate more with Korach than he was with Moshe and Aaron. And if that's the case, they made that choice that this was going to be their neighbor, that this was the person that they were going to associate with. When the Mishnah tells us, and therefore, by the way, a neighbor is actually a closer relationship than a friend. Because a neighbor is a person that you're with 24-7. Meaning that if you choose this person to be your neighbor, and you choose this person to be an influence over you, then that person, because of their close proximity, a friend could be across the world. And you don't spend that kind of time with a friend, but a neighbor, you've chosen to be a neighbor. That person is actually on a higher level than a friend. And therefore, the mission is telling me first, Al Tishaber Lurasha. Don't, I'm sorry, distance yourself from a Shachin Ra, from a, from a neighbor, because you have to distance yourself from, the, from that choice from the person that you've chosen to be a neighbor when you realize that that person is a Russia, when you realize that person is toxic for you and for your spirituality, so then you have to distance yourself from them. Because there is a bombardment of values. You see that person all the time. You see the way they keep Shabbos. You see the way they keep Kashrus. You see the way they, they do things. You see their interactions with their family. You see the way their husband and wife gets, gets along. They're in your face more. And therefore, the Mishnah starts with them and says, Harchik, you have to distance yourself from Shachim Ra. Then the Mishnah comes along and says that by a chaver, by a chaver al tishaber, you have to make sure that you don't make a connection to him. If he's a Rasha, you can separate him because you, you're not around him all the time. It's much easier. First, we have to start with that which is more difficult. And there we have to say, the only way to do it is, you have to distance yourself. But because the influence of a friend actually is less than that of a neighbor, so then therefore it is enough there to tishaber, just not to be mechaber, just not to attach yourself. You can be nice to the person, 
you can you can say good Shabbos to the person, but al tischaber l'rasha. But you can't be mischaber. You can't attach yourself to him. The Mishnah is not telling me oil l'rasha oil What the Mishnah is telling me is is that be careful with the relationships that you make, with the people that you're going to attach to, with the neighbors you're going to identify with, and with the friends that you're going to attach to. But what happens is, is that very often we look at those people who we understand are Rishayim. And I'm not talking about people that we think are Rishayim, because 90% of the time the people that we think are Rishayim are only Rishayim, they're only wicked because we can't stand them, but they're not really wicked people. That's a whole nother story. But, but a lot of times, even the people who we think are quantifiably Rishoyim, it, you gotta do a lot to become a quantifiable Russia. You gotta, you gotta step out of the line pretty deeply in fundamental things to be considered a Russia. You could be a bad person, you could be a person with bad midos, you could be an, a, a toxic person, an annoying person, but to be called a Russia, there you gotta be, you gotta be pretty dramatic to be called a Russia. But nevertheless, from a Shachin Ra and from what you think is a Russia, we're obligated to stay far away from them. But a lot of times we look at those people who we've assumed should be considered Rishayim and they're living good lives. We think that they should be getting kicked in the head, but they're not. They're leading good lives. They're, they're advancing in their lives. They have grew a lot of advantages in their lives and we're like perplexed. What's going on here? How does that happen? Comes along the mission and the mission says, Don't give up hope from retribution. You know, it's a very beautiful medrash. The medrash says that every Shabbos, the Jewish people would strengthen themselves and then on Sunday through, through Friday, they would work, they'd be ground down. By Friday, they were already, they were finished. And Shabbos, they would be rejuvenated. Paro calls Moshe in and he says to Moshe, tell them they have to stop their nonsense. And what was their nonsense? Was their Shabbos activity. And that's why Paro then went and he made the work even harder for them. So Yaakov Kamenetsky explains, what were they doing on Shabbos that was giving them so much confidence? What they were doing on Shabbos is that Moshe Rabbeinu had written scrolls, and on those scrolls were actually Pirkei Tehillim. On those scrolls were Prakim, were chapters of Tehillim, of Psalms. One of those scrolls that Moshe Rabbeinu had was Mizmor Shir Yom Shabbos, was the song of a Sabbath day. They would sit down with that scroll, they would read the scroll, and they would feel better. And it would rejuvenate them and give them the strength to be able to make it through the weekend. That's what Paro said. They need to stop that because that's destroying everything. Because every time he whittles them down, they build themselves back up. What was in that scroll that gave them any kind of confidence? What was in that scroll that gave them any kind of good feeling? <clears throat> that scroll, the only thing it says about Shabbos is, it says, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbat. Zo, that's Shabbos. Nothing in there talks about Shabbos. But in there, it says a line that is so critical to our existence that it says, 
that when the wicked and their iniquities grow, they flourish like grass. God is going to wipe out, he's going to uproot all the pile of and all those that do iniquity. That when they, they sat down by Shabbos morning, they turned to Moshe Ben and they said, Why is it that there are wicked people and things are going well for them? Why is it there are wicked people that seem to be living with such an advantage? And And why is it that there are righteous people that are suffering so terribly? We Jews, we didn't do anything wrong. Why are we suffering so terribly? And then they would read inside this Mizmor, it looks like they're flourishing, those wicked people. It looks like everything's going great for them. Don't you worry. In the end, it's all going to work out. And in the end, boom, it's going to be gone. In the end, it's going to be uprooted. In the end, it's all going to come right. In the end, those that transgress are going to suffer. Those that follow God are going to prosper. Perhaps not in this world, perhaps going to be in another world, but in the end, it's all going to work out okay. God turns to us and says, distance yourself from Mishachimra. Stay away, don't stay with a Russia. But says, but don't worry, because you're going to look at it and you're going to say, but he's such a good guy. He must be a good guy. Look at how much money he has. Look at how wealthy he is. Look at how successful he is. Look at how many people like him. He must be a good guy. Don't give up hope for Peronius. Know that in the end, it's all going to even itself out. In the end, he's going to get it also. You look at a guy like that and it's such a kasha to you. It just turns your whole world upside down. The good guys are suffering. The wicked guys are living these beautiful lives. Don't you worry. In the end, don't attach yourself and continue to attach yourself. Don't be afraid to disconnect yourself because you look at him as being a successful person. His success is only now. It's only temporary. In the long run, in the big picture, his success is going to be worthless. And that's what Nita Bailey is coming to tell us. Nita Bailey is coming to tell us that stay away from Rishoyim and don't be, don't be drawn in. Don't be, don't be attracted to their success, to their external success, because all it is is external success. Don't worry. In the end, they're going to get it. There is no message here of stay away from a bad person because woe is to the bad person, woe is to his neighbor. We're not worried about that. Stay away from him because he is, in fact, a bad guy. But when you think that maybe there's, there's some, some good thing about him because you see him being so successful, no, 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 understand in the end it's going to work itself out. How did this tie into the last Mishnah? Because the last Mishnah, Yoshua ben Prachi was trying to tell you the same thing. Stay with good people. Give people the benefit of the doubt. The good guys, stay with them, attach yourself to them. Keep attached to them by giving them the benefit of the doubt. He was speaking out of a sense of love. Comes along Nita Arbeli and speaks out of a sense of awe, out of a sense of yira, out of a sense of weariness. And he says, I want you to be attached to people. I want you to love people, but I also want you to be careful with the schlechters, with the people that are not so good. Make sure you separate from those people. And therefore, if that's the case, these two Mishnayas are perfect dovetails to each other. They fit in like gloves to each other. One is the approach of how to make friends with Ava. The other is how to make, make friends with Yira. One is how to attach to people. One is how to stay disconnected from the ones you shouldn't attach to. But both of them are talking about having a good set of friends, having good influences, good people around you, 
because ultimately that's how Pearson is going to grow. Beautiful.